Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Hi. How's your week been, buddy? What's new with you? It's been a while. Uh, free at last. I have all the time in the world to myself now, which is great. It's not lonely or boring at all. I'm very happy. Oh, what are you, unemployed? <laughs> no, I'm gainfully employed still. Oh, then what are you talking about? I would hate to assume anything would be my business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing going on there anymore, so. Oh, boy. Well, you know what that just means, though? It means that when yeah, I... Yeah, more time for boys. I know. Yeah? We, all uh-huh. it does is creates a better show. You take all that frustration, all that hurt, yeah. all that pain, and uh-huh. you, you distill yeah. it down to a fucking diamond, and yeah. then you perform. <laughs> That's right. Well, let it come out in the show, Ben. Uh, well, anything else going on in your week? It's been such a long stretch. I think I already t- I told you my one big story already uh, when we were talking previously. But uh, anything else going on in your life? Work uh, I is... got a new desk. I got a new desk that I'm sitting at right now. That's that's exciting. Oh, right? at the home? Yeah. Oh, well, well, you upgraded your desk. Didn't you also get a new computer or was that kind of a while back? That was... I don't know, two months ago. It wasn't oh, that long ago. All right, fine. So I'm still happy with the computer. Yeah. Okay, fine. So you got a computer, you got a desk. Jeez, you got a new chair. I mean, what are you doing over there? Are you turning your apartment mm-hmm. into an office, basically? The oh, the chair's thing? all. Oh, fine. Um, well, I don't know why I would do that, since I still go to an office every day. I don't know. It's like the idea oh. of like taking your living room, basically turning it into one giant cubicle, and then take your bedroom and turn it into a lounge area, and your kitchen kind of becomes like the cafeteria. Yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. That's what you aspire to. Yeah. Speaking of the office, I had a, a meeting today with uh, just a team meeting with my boss and a couple of coworkers. Mm-hmm. And as we always do in these Monday meetings, we're just asking about each other's weekends. Yeah. And my boss, who I've alluded to before, is a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about her weekend and said, She's got adult kids, and they were home for the weekend celebrating various things. So it sounded like a fun weekend, lots of good times and celebration. And my boss said she was, after that, she was glad to be back in the office so she could finally relax. (laughs) Fucking psychopath. That is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. uh, Finally escape all these family parties with the people I love and get back to work where I can really unwind. Oh my god. That is so I guess ridiculous. Yeah, that says a lot. That explains all the uh the emails at six AM through ten PM. Yeah. Well she's and just having a fun little Friday weekend. for herself. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a Friday night and she's like, I think I'm gonna have a glass of wine and then email everyone about this project. <laughs> oh boy, it's Saturday at nine thirty, you know what that means. <laughs> Let's schedule some meetings. I love that when she goes home, she gets all stressed out like you and I would when we're at work. So, like, she goes home and she's like, I guess I'll watch Netflix. Fuck. (laughs) I've been dreading this all day. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to eat ice cream and watch Netflix. And Jesus Christ, I just want to get back to work. (laughs) 
Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder for her drive home is the same mental state as my drive to the office. <laughs> exactly. Just probably like getting all getting all aggravated and anxious, and yeah. Uh, she's probably got a maybe. She's got like a Baba Duke back at home, or whatever that thing is, <laughs> <laughs> where she comes home and the shadowy creature is like Baba Duke, <laughs> like in her kitchen. <laughs> that could be. I hope that's the case. Otherwise, it's just her behavior is inexcusable. If you ask me. Oh yeah. Well. Uh, how's the mask thing? Are people still wearing the mask? Are they dick-nosing it? What are they doing over there? Uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, people are wearing the mask. They're generally pretty good about it, but there's a lot of dick-nosing going on, too. So Ah, for Christ's sake. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. I okay. did see the douchebag CEO was actually wearing a mask. I oh, saw him wearing, whoa, whoa. Which, I mean, I haven't seen him wearing it 100% of the time or anything, but I did see him wear it at least once, which was sort of shocking. Wow. Things are getting normalized yeah. over there. Maybe it's a new age for us. Oh, wait, no, it's not, because Trump's trying to cancel the, uh, or trying to shut down the the U.S. Postal Service to prevent us from voting. Well, so I guess no, things aren't back to normal. No, he's not. As he clearly tweeted today, he's trying to make the post office great again. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's got hit one of his yes men as a postmaster general who is, quote, a great businessman that just wants to streamline the organization. <laughs> Yeah, a great businessman. Doesn't he invest in several competitors of the post office? Or Oh, I have no idea. I didn't even really know about this guy being associated with Trump until just recently. So Yeah, yeah it sounds just like criminal. Oh, it's all it, criminal. It's like sh- shockingly. Um, but I think the guy, the postmaster general, is, there's some serious conflicts of interest there. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's pretty much a lot of the people he's assigned positions to all have conflicts of interest going on. Uh, like whoever's in charge of our environmental department or whatever that's called uh was actually yeah isn't he like an exxon ceo or something there was something about that that was early on that was like four years ago yeah yeah Ah, by the way speaking of our fearless leader he's in minnesota today i don't know if you're aware of that what's he doing here oh he's gonna shut down my streets again I don't know. He's probably meeting up with the CEO of my company for a beer or something. Oh, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't drink, but uh, yeah, for a uh, fucking cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah, I just I really want to thank you for that e- that letter you sent to your governor, <laughs> yeah. where you bitched and complained about having to you know shut down for a pandemic. Yeah, I know. Well, the last time he was here, um, apparently the major highway that I live sort of nearby. Just amazing amounts of security. They shut down the whole highway. They had police on every bridge that went over the highway and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was super annoying because I didn't know about that. And I got stuck in that traffic on my way home from work that day. I'm like, oh, did you really? Because, yeah, I couldn't get to the grocery store because they shut down every access I could have to get across the highway to go get to the groceries. So I was kind of stuck. It sucked. Yeah, for as much time as we've spent not doing a show, I don't have anything to say because I didn't think to write anything down. I don't know what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, should we dive into the show, Ben? Well, no. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about Gretchen for a second. Well, I'm out of practice. It's been a few weeks. Jesus Christ. I know. Oh, before we start with Gretchen. Yeah. Um, birds are eating from the... Uh, the, the bird feeders I've hung out there, so that's good news for me. Uh, oh, there you go. By my dining room window and the tree out oh, in my you backyard. You just had to give it more than two days and they showed up? Oh, fuck off, Ben. And then, I know you scolded me when you came over. You're like, but just take a while. It's been a while. <laughs> It'll give it a few days. <laughs> but um, the bird bath, I haven't really seen anything, but I'm not exactly sitting out there watching. Uh, but then, 
But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you can see it at night with, <laughs> they know, with the light. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I was talking to my daughters about crows when we had breakfast on Sunday morning. We're all sitting around, and for some reason it came up. We were watching something on YouTube on the TV, and and then I said, oh, yeah, do you know crows are smart? And then Audrey, my oldest daughter goes, yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be super smart. And then I said, uh, we're going back and forth. And then she said, yeah, if you feed crows regularly, they'll bring you stuff is what I've heard. Like they'll bring you shiny things that they find. It's sort of like a thank you. Yeah. And I said, I know. You already, you already knew that. Yeah. No, I know. And I was like, yeah, this, I said the podcast and I said Ben's mom. And I said, I want to make friends with crows. And she goes, well, you got to start feeding them. And I'm like, I never see them outside in my yard or anything. And then Audrey said, yeah, they, uh, they always squawk at me because I think I'm cursed. They hate me. And I said, I know. They squawk at me all the time, too, like I have offended them. And she goes, well, we got to feed them. So I had a bunch of bacon there that I had made for this breakfast. Uh, and I thought, I'm saving this bacon. So I now have a paper bag on my uh, kitchen table with the word bacon written on it for crows. Uh, so if I ever see a crow outside, I'm going to throw that bacon at them. Dude. So... Do crows like bacon? Did you I, research that? Well, I assume so because when I was out taking a walk one day, trying to lose weight, I saw a crow eating a squirrel's corpse, and I figured they like meat. <laughs> so I think the bacon is probably a step up for them. <laughs> That's solid logic, I guess. I can't argue with that. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. uh, if Gretchen's got any tips for how am I going to make a friend with a crow when they always squawk at me like they're scared of me and I never see them in my yard... Uh, that's something I'd like to hear back. Okay, so go ahead. What's uh, what's uh, the new bird blurb? Well, 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 we'll get to that. There's oh. there's more here. Oh lord. Um, first of all, so you remember last week I I uh, shared an article with you about Twilight is going to just <laughs> keep going on forever. Apparently, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, an article from The Guardian saying, as Midnight Sun his number one, Stephanie Meyer plans two more Twilight books, mm-hmm. which is just terrible news for you and me. <laughs> I know. Um, my well, mother I, also I pulled saw out, an article so, to that effect. Sorry, uh, I, I did a, when you sent that to me, I sent a screenshot of one part of the article yeah. uh, where they were talking about some of the criticisms about this new book that's coming out. And it yeah. says, and I highlighted... But there's something to be said for editing. Midnight Sun, Midnight Sun is chronically overridden, plodding along almost in real time, which is absolutely what the book is really like. <laughs> I know. Do you think it's even worse in that regard than other ones that we've already read? I mean, is she just getting worse as a writer? Is I that kinda, possible? I, I think so out of pride or spite. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not changing anything. In <laughs> fact, what they don't like, I'm going to do it more. And who, who is this editor that literally does I, nothing to rein her in? <laughs> Well, I, first of all, a couple of things there. First of all, I like the spite theory. I, I just like imagining that she knows that she's terrible at writing and she just keeps at it just to piss off the world. Well, she left That's, that little message to us in the last book about when they were complaining about Wuther, yeah. Wuthering Heights or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Using that as a way to shout back at her critics or whatever. So, all right, so go yeah. on. So there's that. And then also the, the part I like is that, I mean, you say, where's the editor? But we haven't seen the original manuscript that she produced. It might've been 2000 pages to begin with. And this scarily enough could be the edited down version. And it's just, this is as far as the editor could go. I would actually um, love, I wouldn't read all of it. I would love to just get a peek at an unedited manuscript <laughs> just to see how big it is. There's no way like I'd read if, all of it. 
if she like types it out or prints it out or but then is like making notes to herself in the margin i'm wondering if she like writes and like dots her eyes with hearts and shit like that because she's a <laughs> yeah. fucking 48 year old child i love that she leaves a note to herself in the manuscript like yeah. take another couple paragraphs to talk about his hair being wet don't forget about the wet hair focus more yeah. on the wet hair this this chapter is wet hair light <laughs> Uh, um, so anyway, so I, I shared the link to that article with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then my mom came across a similar article and shared it with me and just said, too bad for you and Glenn. <laughs> but that's, well, that's not even the point. The, the, the point here is that her method of sharing it for me was uh, she took a picture of the newspaper and just sent it to me <laughs> like that. And I told her I thought that was very funny. Oh, that's adorable. That's Isn't totally it? adorable. Yeah. 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 That's funny. So that was my main takeaway from that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, into the... Are you ready for the Backyard Blast bird blurb? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as usual, I haven't read this yet. I, I like to come into these just as blind as you are. So, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is... <laughs> well, now you're reading it. Well well done, Gretchen. Um, well, just... she knows... What, I, I told her what, she, what we were reading, and so she... Incorporate that. So she says, <laughs> in keeping with your Fifty Shades of Grey theme, we'll talk about the Grey Jay, a.k.a. Ooh. the Canada Jay. Oh, well, well. It's the national bird of Canada. It lives in the boreal forests of North America and is found in the Arrowhead region of Minnesota. The Grey Jay stores large quantities of food for later use. Hmm. It has very sticky saliva, which, is, which it uses to glue small food items to tree branches above the eventual snow line. What the hell is this that? food storage? I'm not done. <laughs> this food storage system is what allows the gray jay to live so far north throughout the winter. It is sometimes called camp robber because it rummages through camps looking for food scraps. <laughs> we'll eat just about anything and we'll fly to your hand if offered raisins or peanuts. Oh, well, wow. So there we go. Um, I was expecting want- there's some sort of bird sex thing that was going to happen here, but okay, that's good. All right. That makes me comfortable. Yeah. Sticky saliva is kind of eerie. Isn't it? Yeah. How sticky is this? How are they able to swallow well, if it's that sticky? Sticky enough to stick food to trees for later. Yeah, I don't have that gift. Do you want the bonus now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because, again, Gretchen's out of control. I think <laughs> she's got all this like pent-up material from us taking a week off. and <laughs> She has to get she's, it all out at once. She has all these newspaper clippings of, like, this week's fun joke from, like, the Sun Sailor and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sends me a picture of that. Um mm. The bonus is uh, make your own healthy banana ice cream. Oh, well, Let well. bananas ripen for a few days so they get sweeter. Uh, ice cream was in quotes, by the way. It's not actually ice cream. Oh, okay. Let bananas ripen for a few days so they get sweeter. Then peel them and cut into pieces. Put in a zip-top bag and freeze. Once frozen, put it in the food processor and process until smooth. Be hmm. patient. It takes a while. You can enjoy it right away. It will be very soft at this point. Or refreeze it for later. Delicious. <laughs> did she get that from something or did she write that? I don't know. She's like, like pretty much retired now. So I'm just picturing her in the kitchen with a shitload of bananas and a food processor. Just seeing what she can do. I don't know. And it's like the wording, like especially at the end, delicious. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's going to be real soft at this point. That was uh, with two exclamation points, by the way. One I, uh, didn't do the trick there. I like to think that was her. That's her writing. Yeah. That's that's Gretchen speaking directly to us. 
I like to think the the two jokes that are coming your way are also Gretchen's own. Oh creations, my god, we're just being loaded. This, you're right. It's a back catalog that she's just I throwing know. at us. Okay, go I, ahead. Yeah. What is a sheep's favorite fruit? A banana. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Okay. Also, you saying bah, like that was pretty good. Okay, go. There's something about how like deflated you sound as you did. <laughs> just, just, it was a long and tiring week, and now I have to deal with this shit. Thanks, Mom. Right, you know, I'm this? having a tough time right now. This is what you give me? For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, my son, he's not doing so great. I know it's going to cheer him up. Yeah. My <laughs> laughter as I make him read stuff that he doesn't want to read. Uh, and finally, uh, why did the banana agree to go out with the prune? Because he couldn't find a date. Okay, that's a <laughs> double fuck you, Mom, because you know that's a touchy subject for me right now. So thanks. Thanks for that. I definitely want to believe that she planned that one for sure. That she was oh, like, you know she did. like, oh, he's dating? Well, I found this joke. I'm going to hold on to this because it will inevitably end. <laughs> <laughs> she just puts it in like a little music box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Gretchen. That was amazing. Oh, yeah, are... thanks, Gretchen. I told you Glenn would love that. Yeah, both those jokes were fantastic. All right, so now we're ready to get into the story. Yes, please. To do. I mean, I I had to. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but I um, last week I uh, dropped off a stool sample at the lab for some <laughs> processing, and I'm sure Google. I haven't gotten the lab results yet, but I'm sure Google knows if there's anything if I have Giardia or something. So uh, I just love that you dropped off a stool sample, and then as soon as you walk out of the the office and get into your car, two Google boys show up and say, "We're going to take that sample, Miss, <laughs> from the receptionist or whatever." I don't know if it'd even be that. It would just be like when I'm walking back out to my car, I would just, you know, open my phone and I'd have a targeted ad for like <laughs> Metamucil or something. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's get into the show, Ben. Fuck yeah. Let's learn a little bit about the author before we dive into the book. And uh, unlike previous uh, shows we've done. We always sort of like, I always say, oh, what do you think about the book? And we say our best stuff about the book in the beginning. And then at the end when I'm like, so what'd you think? And you'd be like, uh, and then I don't have anything to say either. So we're not talking about that. We're just going to talk about the author and we're going to dive into chapter one. Yeah, I think most of the best book podcasts are the ones that don't talk about the book at all. So I like where you're going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what's amazing? Uh-huh. I, I wrote down all this information about the author and I never wrote down her name is it E.L. James <laughs> god damn it yes yes it is is it E.L. James yeah okay I can't believe I didn't write down her name all right the author Wait, were, you, what? were you just typing it right now yep. literally what okay. <laughs> so I can have it <laughs> the author E.L. James <clears throat> she wrote three books 
around the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey story, uh, which we're going to wind up probably reading over time. Fifty Shades of Grey. Ugh. Yeah, we've got a lot of material in the pipeline for us, right? The rest of the unending Twilight Saga and now... Oh, this. but check this. This is just a trilogy, right? Oh, no. Check this out. Okay, so first of all, these names are so uncreative. Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed. Do yeah. you have to have Fifty Shades in every single title? I get it's your branding, but it's just so frustrating. And then, this is going to kill you, along with companion pieces, Grey... Colon, Fifty Shades of Grey as told by Christian. Does that yeah, sound that familiar like to you, Ben? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just everything Stephanie Meyer did, she's doing. Uh, well, the, it started as Twilight fan fiction somehow. I know, but it? she's like chasing after, like when Stephanie Meyer's like, okay, I'm going to write a book from Edward's point of view. She's, this, E.L. James did it too. Uh, so you got the Fifty Shades of Grey as told by Christian. You got Darker. Fifty Shades Grey, oh, Fifty Shades Darker is told by Christian. Uh, and then she announced on June of 2020 that she's going to write Freed. Fifty Shades Freed as told by Christian. So she's just hammering that and milking it. The reason why she's milking it, because yeah, she's... Yeah, you know who else likes to hammer and milk, so... <laughs> We're not getting into that yet. Uh, the reason why she's doubling down on all the Fifty Shades empire is because she did write a book that wasn't Fifty Shades related called The Mister, and apparently it was horrible and nobody liked it. So she just dove straight back to where she's comfortable. Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, I, I did. I said I didn't do any research on the author, but I did. I, I don't know if you got this tidbit or not, but hmm. um, well, Fifty Shades, I guess um, she originally published like an earlier serialized version of it. Oh, and it's her fan fiction? Or was that... I guess so, yeah. Okay. And she used a pseudonym, though. Did oh, you... yep, I got that. Go ahead. Okay, so that, was, that was my favorite. Uh, Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it all started as Twilight <laughs> fan fiction under the web name of Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. It was what called Master, was Master of the Universe. I... She didn't want anyone to know who she was, so she she thought of a name that completely covered her tracks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, she wrote it. It was called Master of the Universe, which, what the hell is that? Uh, but then originally as fan fiction that was posted up on sites, I guess. And then she decided, or I don't know if it was that. That, that wasn't so clear when I was looking this up. But she definitely posted it up uh, as ebooks on Amazon was how she definitely got her notoriety. Um yeah. Anyways, uh, the trilogy's origins. Uh, she saw Twilight the movie in 2008. She became obsessed with it, reading the novels several times over uh, in okay, a few wait, days. Wait, wait. So she saw Twilight the movie in 2008, yep. became obsessed with it. Yep. When she would have been 45 years old. Oh, is that how? Oh, yeah, you're right. She was born in like 60 something. 1963. So a 45-year-old woman became obsessed with the Twilight movie. Can you imagine if me at my age, 46, suddenly became obsessed with young adult fiction of some sort and just read the novels multiple times over several days? All of them more than once within like a four-day period or something. That's insane. Like, you'd call the cops on me. Uh, Then, for the first time after this, she's never written before. Her only writing course that she's ever taken has been reading Twilight books. So for the first time in her life, she decided to sit down and write a book, basically a sequel to the Twilight novels, because she just thought she could add something to it. I have to say, though, I don't 
think she's as bad at writing as Stephanie Meyer is, so... Oh, but there's a lot of similarities that I picked out, but there's a lot of similarities. A lot of repetition when it comes to certain phrases, like blushing. She's constantly blushing in this book. Uh, And then, like, the way that they write, like, the extreme amount of detail around the guy or someone's clothes that goes on for paragraphs and stuff. It's, like, it's very similar in certain ways. She does do a slightly better job, but she isn't that much better. I'm not saying I, I liked it or anything but just yeah. compared to twilight it just didn't feel as bad to me so no yeah I, it's credit it's, where it's due well well done ms james well done and if anything she's taken everything that stephanie myers does well, we're going to talk about this later actually we should save this towards the end um, okay yeah save it for the show because we're suddenly i'm critiquing the book that we haven't even talked about yet uh so anyway she learned about fan fiction decided to publish her books uh as kindle books after comments so here we go concerning the sexual nature of the material james removed the story and published it on her own website 50shades.com so that's where i saw it later she rewrote master of the universe as an original piece with the principal characters renamed christian gray and anastasia Steele, and removed it from her website before publication due to the heightened interest in the series the license uh to the Fifty Shades trilogy was picked up by Vintage Books for a re-release, and that's what she really took off. She describes the Fifty Shades as my midlife crisis writ large. Uh, Stephanie Meyer commented on the series, saying, "It's not really my genre; it's not my thing." Uh, but good on her; she's doing well. Because it actually, people actually have sex in it instead of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, the book's erotic nature and perceived demographic of its fan base uh, as being compromised largely of married women over 30 led to the book being dubbed mommy porn uh, by some news agencies. <clears throat> some good stuff said about this. Fifty Shades novels have sold over 125 million copies worldwide. Over 30 million copies. Oh, just in the United States. Uh, it set the record in the United Kingdom as the fastest selling paperback of all time. In 2012, Time Magazine named her one of the world's most world's 100 most influential people. I can't say that out loud. Uh, And they were made into movies. The bad, good old Solomon Rushdie steps in again, just like he did with Stephanie Meyer. Uh, What he said about the book? Oh, oh, wait. And and Sean Penn also. Didn't Solomon Rushdie have a blurb on Sean Penn? Oh, yeah, you're right. Didn't he say it was, like, good? Yeah, because, yeah. The guy's a moron. Um, uh, Said about the book, I've never read anything so badly written that got published. It made Twilight look like War and Peace. So, uh, and then all the other criticisms come from people that are sort of trying too hard to be like literary snobbish kind of thing. So I got Maureen yeah. Dowd to describe the book. Like, oh. like we are. Yeah, but I'm not saying things like this. Like uh, yeah. Maureen Dowd described the book in the New York Times as being written like a Bronte devoid of talent. <laughs> it said it was dull and poorly written. I wouldn't say something like that. That's just dumb. It, you're showing off a little bit. Uh, Jesse Cornbluth of the Huffington Post said, as a reading experience, Fifty Shades is a sad joke, uh, puny of plot. Yeah. So uh, it's attracted criticism due to its depictions of BDSM, uh, with some BDSM participants stating that the book confuses the practice with abuse, and, uh, which follows in line with Twilight. This is how this woman learned how to write, is by just reading a shitload of Twilight. Uh, presents a pathology to be overcome, as well as showing incorrect and possibly dangerous BDSM techniques. Coinciding with the release of the book and its surprising popularity, injuries related to BDSM and sex toy use spiked dramatically. Uh, in 2012, injuries requiring emergency room visits increased by 50% 
from ten, uh, 2010, the year before the book was published. Uh, people, just be safe out there, okay? Several critics and scientists have expressed concern that the nature of the main couple's relationship is not BDSM at all, but rather it's a characteristic of an abusive relationship. Uh, in 2013, a social scientist professor, Amy E. Bonami, published a study wherein multiple professionals read and addre- assessed the book for characteristics of intimate partner violence, or oh, IPV. Oh, wait, wait. She, she signed a contract. I don't see what the problem is here. <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh, apparently, the CDC has standards for emotional abuse and sexual violence, uh, so the study found that nearly every interaction between Anna, Anna, and Christian was emotionally abusive in nature, including stalking, intimidation, isolation. All the stuff that Edward did to Bella. Yeah, but it's, it's not... It's not stalking if she wants it, though, right? <laughs> I guess that's probably true, especially if she signed a, an agreement. Um, yeah. The study group also observed pervasive sexual violence within the CDC's definition, including Christian's use of alcohol to circumvent Anna's ability to consent, and that Anna exhibits classic signs of an abused woman, including consent oh, oh. perceived Wait, threat. does that happen? Like, she got drunk on her own accord the first time. Well, we haven't finished the book. We just read the first eight chapters. So apparently yeah. this happens. So we got to keep an eye open for that. Uh, yeah, I, I have an eye open for controlling relationship dynamics. The Twilight has <laughs> certainly uh, conditioned me for that, so I'm still leaving it through that lens. So let's get into the book. Uh, I've got notes on each chapter, and uh, feel, free, feel free to chime in at any time. Uh, yep. Chapter one, and I wrote right away off of, uh, for a note from chapter one. I said, I'm so glad she didn't keep the tradition of naming every damn chapter like she's in middle school. Yeah. So right there, chapter. Uh, that's it, chapter one. You don't need to say, like, the Inquisition. It opens with Anastasia. Anastasia, I don't have a problem with that, at her apartment and that she shares with her roommate, Kate. Uh, I have a lot of quotes to make up my notes. Um, so uh, the first paragraph, I was already groaning, which was, I should be studying for my final exams, which are next week. Yet here I am trying to brush my hair into submission. I must not sleep with it wet. I must not sleep with it wet. Reciting this mantra several times, I attempt once more to bring it under control with the brush. And I wrote, I already hate this. So right off the bat, I'm annoyed. Uh, just because of the wet hair or what? I, so I was... The inner monologue. By, yeah, well, <laughs> That's what I so hate. So the first, the first chapter for me, I was just... Now the count picked up noticeably later in the book, but there weren't any grins that I caught in the first chapter, which was refreshing. And mm-hmm. I was left with a positive first impression because it felt like the author was actually using different words to describe things like instead of just saying grin every time she said smirk she said smile riley oh so that was, was kind of nice using a variety of and then but later the it seemed like the grins got more and more frequent as the chapters went on so you know, there's a couple I thought the words. first impression was quickly soured i think what she did is she all she did was expand the arena of words that she uses way too much and so I have a few in here in my notes that I'm going to point out, but I was trying to look up what the word count is, or the, you know, on these specific words that she's using. And I tried to look up the count, but this one is on my Kindle. It's locked where I can't search and find out what the total count for a word is. So that kind of, what, what, are they, what are they trying to hide? I know. So anyways, Anastasia, uh, she does, uh, Kate is really sick. Her roommate, uh, she's got an interview with Christian gray, a famous CEO of a company and says, uh, Anastasia, can you fill in for me? Here's my list of questions. We should clarify that the interview, it's not a job interview. Kate is a journalist on the school newspaper. 
Uh, So anyways, uh, yeah, they got this interview with him, so she can't miss the interview because uh, it'll take another six months to get it with him, and then the school will be done by then, and the graduation issue, the student newspaper, and blah, blah, blah. So she goes. Uh, Everyone in in, uh, Christian Gray's office is blonde for some reason. Every woman. It's ridiculous. Uh, When Anastasia finally gets to see Christian, she falls on the floor, uh, kind of in front of his office door or whatever. Because he's that gorgeous. Was it that? I thought she was just clumsy. Like, it's a Bella. Like, I, oh, I'm so well, yeah, clumsy. clumsy. like Bella, and I think he's also just such a gorgeous human being. Oh, he's drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, the quote being, double crap, me and my two left feet. <laughs> I'm on my hands and knees in the doorway to Mr. Gray's office. The gentle hands around me, helping me stand. I am so embarrassed. Damn my clumsiness. I have to steel myself to glance up. Holy cow, he's so young. And uh, so that's lots. Yeah. That's pretty cool. She asked him questions about his work, uh, one of them being, oh, yeah, his, the quote from him says, Business is all about people, Miss Steele, and I'm very good at judging people. I know how they tick, what makes them flourish, and what doesn't, what inspires them, and how to incentivize them. I employ a sexual team, and I reward them well. He pauses and fixes me with his gray stare. My belief is to achieve success in any scheme, to make us oneself master the scheme, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line, it's always down to good people. It was a big, long quote that I just skimmed over uh, that literally says nothing about what his company does at that point. I, I think said, we still don't know what his company does, do we? Well, we get a hint later. Uh, it says, I get the feeling that I, I say, I get the feeling that we're never going to actually know what he does with this company. Uh, that made him so wealthy at a young age. And I said, it comes off like some kind of dialogue you'd hear from the movie The Room. Like when Tommy Wiseau comes home from work and he goes, oh, I had such a tough day working out computers. <laughs> it's kind of like that. And then I, I did make a note saying we learned later that it's a telecommunications business. <laughs> oh, we did? No, okay. Well, that explains everything. But that could be anything, I know. So right there in the interview, she starts like, falling in love with him immediately for literally no reason. So up to this point, well, the reason is he's very physically attractive, like ridiculously good looking. Isn't I, that enough reason for you? I guess we've had no character development of this woman up to this Wait, point. She's clumsy. What else do you need to know? <laughs> so we have no idea why she'd fall for someone. Like I've seen incredibly beautiful women that are like kind of jarring when you see them, but I don't sit there and be like, Oh my God, I want her. Like, I don't have these like internal dialogue that's as desperate and crazy sounding as hers is when she's met him for like the first five minutes. We find out he's adopted. She, for no reason at all, asks if he's gay. Uh, lucky for us, or lucky for us, he's not. Well, Otherwise, the story would be really complicated. No reason at all, she asked, because that was on the list of questions that her roommate Kate gave her. Well, there's no context for it. Just kind of out of the blue. Yeah, like, I know. There's none whatsoever. Yeah. Well, uh, also because he's never pictured with women out in public. He's always alone. So well, yeah, that's rooms. true. You got to know. Well, uh, the story would have been far more interesting and complicated if he was. Uh, And I said that he's written like a cliche of every 1980s CEO. With this quote, he places his elbows on the arms of his chair and steeples his fingers in front of his mouth. His mouth is very distracting. I swallow. And I say, I notice at this point that the word frown has been coming up a lot. (laughs) So that's the first one I tried to look up in the Kindle book. Because frown does come up a ton. In this yeah, book. and it wants- came up on, on my face while I was reading it. <laughs> Anything you want to say about chapter one? Well, also, chapter Jesus, I thought that was chapter two. No, I'm done. Well, Let's that's move the, along. Yeah, this book, lightning fast, dives in, uh, which is one of my critiques, is that 
where Stephanie Meyer drags stuff out forever and ever about, like, first meeting Edward and what his hair was like, and, and then it takes her a while of being annoyed at him before she finally starts to, like, grow to like him. It's not natural, and it's painful to read. This one, within under 30 pages, she's already head over heels in love with this guy and stuff. So she's, yeah, bam! It's a refreshing change. Yeah, no character development. Yeah, there's there's no laborious, like, going on, like the written in real time thing. We're, we're not experiencing that here. You, yeah, you don't read Fifty Shades of Grey for fucking character development, though, do you? Come Apparently on. not. Uh, you'd think a little bit more than, like, I mean, I feel like I knew the guys from Double Dirty Mountain Men more than I know this woman. <laughs> Their wants, how they grew up, what makes them tick. <laughs> Chapter two, Anastasia's already in love with him. I don't know why they had so much lube in that cabin, though. But, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I felt like I knew him pretty well. So she goes home to tell Kate about it. Kate gazes innocently, innocently at me, and I frown. So that's another frown. We learn that Christian's 27 from their conversation together, uh, you know, Kate and Anastasia. Uh, then she goes to work at Clayton's, the largest independent hardware store in the Portland area. Uh, later, back with Kate, they both sit at the table and do their work together. Kate has her article uh, about Christian she's working on, and Anastasia has an essay on Tess of the D'Urbervilles. Can you pronounce that? I think you nailed it, buddy. Well done. It's a a novel by Thomas Hardy about a a young woman from a a Victorian era, maybe, that has sexual experiences, and the book was kind of uh, smutty for its time. Yeah. Um, Anastasia, that's like apparently what she's graduating on is writing about this book, which seems weird, like not realistic, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Wait, what she, do you mean? Well, can you write your entire, what, thesis or whatever on just like somebody else's book? Like a romance novel book? I don't know. I guess you can. It just seems weird. What kind of grade would you get? You didn't go to college, did you? Never finished it. Moving on. <laughs> Anastasia <laughs> talks with her mom. Uh, on the phone and the mom figures out immediately with no context in the conversation whatsoever you're in love aren't you <laughs> moms are very perceptive like that. Was, right Gretchen I was just going to say did your mom ever do that because my first thought was I wonder if Ben's mom is ever <laughs> like hi mom Ben you're in love <laughs> speaking of Anna's mom she reminds me a lot of Bella's mom so, oh yeah, there's a lot of parallels in this. Basically, not there for the most part. Has a it goes yeah, through it a lot really, of men. Yeah, just really unreliable and flighty or whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing I thought was interesting is this author is from England. I don't yeah. think she lived in America while she wrote this or anything. But she's no, writing. Not. She's writing about Portland, which I thought was it's all kind of interesting. Like weird that you can just write about another place and not probably not really know a lot about it. Um, and so uh, she definitely didn't sit and research Portland very much, I'm sure, except for just geographically, how close is it to Seattle? So I would have loved it. What did she nail, by the way? What's that? I was, well, I, I was a little skeptical. I got to say she actually nailed that part. So they were, when they were in Christian's helicopter going from Portland oh, to Seattle, yeah. she said it was going to take about an hour. And I'm like, bullshit, they're far apart than that. But I looked up the model of helicopter and the distance between Portland and Seattle. I'm like, yeah, that would take about an hour. Oh, my God. Look at you. Oh. <laughs> well, that look at me. Look at Yale James actually like doing a look like a cursory Google search to figure out how fast this helicopter goes and how. Oh yeah, she like this is between Portland and Seattle. Like, well that's done. True. I mean, she's not as opposed, to, as opposed to Stephanie Meyer who thinks there's sharp turns on the freeway. I was going to say the exact same thing because yeah, at least yeah. she took the time to research some things and not make like I was just going to say I don't think we're going to be seeing anything about sharp turns on a freeway in this book, like anything ridiculous like that. 
so, all right, so Friday night, suddenly, uh, Jose is standing at the door with a bottle of champagne, which is a mutual friend of theirs. Uh, he studies engineering. Uh, he's the, uh, he, this part is weird. I don't know if I should be offended or if it's okay. Jose <laughs> is kind of stereotypish of somebody who's like Latino or whatever, and he's constantly throwing out sort of Spanish phrases here and there randomly. Um, but he'll he'll say stuff like randomly, like Anastasia will accidentally drop something. He'll go, Dios mio, Anna, what are you doing? <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like, this seems a little weird to me. <laughs> Uh, but again, maybe it's not. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't. It just, it just stood out as awkward and weird. So I was just like, has she ever met anyone? Who, I don't know. Uh, Anastasia knows that Jose wants to date her, but she's not interested. And then she reflects on how she's never been happy with a man because she only likes guys that are like out of romance books. And that's when it hit me. All of this crap is Byron, or Byronic heroes from Lord Byron. The brooding, sensual, disagreeable man babies who are yeah, sexy. Yeah, like, like Jacob Black. Uh, yeah, and also definitely Edward. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like that's, so of course, this character is flat out cutting to the chase, not even pretending to you know like normal people. Because at least Bella's sort of like, I don't know, maybe I should date this normal guy, but I'm drawn to Edward. Here, she's flat out saying, I only like Byronic Bi- heroes. I don't want to date anybody else. And I've always had this problem. So at least, you know, kudos to her for cutting to the chase. Uh, Saturday night, she works at the store. Uh, Christian Gray shows up for no reason at her store. Always got a reason, though. Uh, His voice is warm and husky, like dark melted chocolate fudge caramel, dot, 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 or something. And I said, great writing. Yeah, or Uh, something. Yeah, and so he's there to pick up uh, cable ties, masking tape, and rope. (laughs) 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 Oh, and I wanted to... uh, I want to see if I can... Can I share a file with you? I should be able to. No, I prefer... If, if it's... Write it down on a piece of paper <laughs> and then take a picture of the piece of paper and then send me a, that picture, please. I could do... I can basically do that for you, Ben. Uh, so okay. this is the first mention of long fingers and how sensuous and long they are. Did you get it yet? Wait, what the hell is that? That's somebody with really long fingers. Well, but why? Why are their fingers that long? I don't Why know. Why do you have this picture? Where did this come from? I looked it up on the internet because I'm like, I get this impression <laughs> that these long, sensuous fingers of his are not attractive. They're just weird uh, and creepy. I'm, like a, I'm kind of turned on right now. Like a vampire's hands. All right, well. So, uh... <laughs> just think of all the places those fingers could go. Uh, well, we find out later what those fingers <laughs> do because she keeps talking about how long they are and what they're doing to her. Um... So then he says, very creepy, after you, he murmurs, gesturing with his long-fingered, beautifully manicured hand. <laughs> so uh, basically, if you're already, uh, you know, into bondage and stuff and you want to be a dom and whatever, um, this guy has literally scoped her out with these fantasies in mind, and he's going through the motions of getting her to help him buy the things he wishes he could use on her. Like, that just seems very creepy, stalkery, scary. It doesn't sound romantic and sexy. It just sounds like he's creepy and he's trying to like take advantage of the moment to get off. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, I think if you or I did it, it'd be creepy, but need I remind you, Christian Gay Gray is very, very attractive. So, Wow, with those hands. Not, cre- not creepy. 
Yeah. God, if I if I had those fingers, just imagine me waving them around a lot as I talk and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to post them up in the show notes or a link to the picture. He asks Anastasia what her thing is. It's all creepy. Books, I whisper, but inside my subconscious is screaming, you, you are my thing. <laughs> and I wrote, we're only 35 pages in, and she's already at the hysterical Bella levels of obsession right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. So that was chapter two. Chapter three, she and Kate wonder who will take the photos for the photo shoot. Obviously, Jose, the quote being, mm, what about Jose? Great idea. You ask him. He'll do anything for you. And I say, Jose has already been Jacobed in under 50 pages. So uh, they meet in a hotel to do the photo shoot. Christian is wearing a white shirt. They mention his long, creepy long fingers again. Christian asks her out to coffee. Kate warns Anna about Christian, saying that he's dangerous and stay away from him. Basically sort of the, the vampire vibe. Uh, once and twice he runs his long, graceful fingers through his now dry but still disorderly hair. Hmm, I'd like to do that. And I said his hair, like Edwards, is never dry. It's always a, an exceeding or declining state of moisture. And his hands sound so creepy. They have their date. And where was the date? I thought it was like in, in the office building that he works at. No, oh my God, you're bad at for uh, as many notes as you take, you're really bad at picking up details. <laughs> I was skimming this part. So His what? office is in Seattle. They're in Portland, for Christ's sake. He no, was he at the hotel. They did the photo shoot at the hotel. Then he asked they're out for coffee. So they walked to the coffee shop like three blocks from the hotel. Oh, she's talking about it like it's a date date. I'm so excited it's a date. And then all of a sudden they're just like in another beige room with similar stuff. Also, he does have an office in Portland because that's where they helicopter out of. So, ha-ha. He gives her Twinning's English breakfast tea, and she makes a big deal about how it's her favorite. And I say that you can buy... I was going to say, I have some of that in my cupboard right now. It's it's fine. I was just going to say, you can buy that at any gas station. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Yeah, it's... There's nothing cool about it or anything. Oh, it's hard to get. No. Yeah. Uh, he mentions that she blushes a lot, and I said that's true. It could be the new grin, because she does blush constantly. Like, every paragraph, she's blushing as a response to something. Uh, we learned that her father died when she was a baby. She asks if he's got a girlfriend, and he doesn't. And when he walks her out to the car, this part was confusing to me. She nearly gets hit by a motorcycle, or is it a guy on a bike? It just says cyclist. I think guy on a bike. It's Portland. It's probably a guy on a bicycle. That's what I was wondering, but they made like but then all of a sudden he grabs her and pulls her out of the way and holds her close to his chest, and I'm like, so then, yeah. was it not a guy on a bike? Was well, what, it, is he, what is well, what is he going to do? Let her get hit by a bicycle? Well, he could just gently pull her back. It's not like the guy on the bicycle is going that fast. If it's a motorcycle, then this dramatic okay, moment how, makes wait, sense. How do you know he's not going that fast? How fast can you go in the city? You got to stop every block. With stop signs. Oh, no, they, they made a point of saying it was a Sunday morning, so there's very light traffic. <laughs> and also, he, why does he have to stop every block? He's already, we established he's going the wrong way on a one way, so you think he's obeying any traffic monster? <laughs> so he could be doing 30. So he's a, bicy- a bicyclist that doesn't listen to reason, he plays it by the cuff, and he almost killed someone by going 25 miles per hour on his bike. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Well, it's a very dramatic moment considering it's a guy on a bike that went by. <laughs> so that was chapter three. Uh, chapter four picks right up where chapter three left off. And uh, the quote being, 
Kiss me, damn it, I implore him, but I can't move. I'm paralyzed with a strange, unfamiliar need. Completely captivated by him, uh, I'm staring at Christian Grey's mouth, mesmerized, and he's looking down at me. So, she's really into him. Uh, on the way home, she reflects about how she's never liked any man because they're not Byronic enough for her. Uh, when she gets home, uh, Kate calls out how she's been crying, uh, that Anna's been crying. And then she tells her uh, what a total babe uh, Anna is to make her feel better about herself. And Anna just says, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Leave me alone. And so then that's when Kate frowns. Going to bed that <laughs> night? Uh, going to bed that night, she dreams of Gray's eyes and leafy patterns in milk because they were having frothed milk or whatever at this place that they had their coffee date at. And I said, I also dream of milk. Uh, next day, the final exam is over. She's done with school. She gets a package delivered to her. It's three volumes of Tess, the Du Ubervilles. So they're all first editions. And this is where I say it's kind of a shh, he hushed kind of moment in her writing <laughs> where she says, this is a quote, holy shit, they're all first editions. First editions, I whisper. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. Uh, they go to a bar to celebrate. Anna drinks too much and calls Christian to yell at him about the books. He demands to know where she is. And she says, you're so dot, dot, dot domineering, I giggle, because that's what drunk people are always like. Uh, she won't tell him and hangs up without finding out how much the books cost, so she frowns again. Her cell phone rings, and it's him. He says he's coming to get her. And I wrote, because going out with friends is too dangerous or something, apparently. Uh, Anna goes outside because she feels too drunk and she wants to get some fresh air. Jose goes out with her. Uh, you know I like you, Anna. Please. He's got one hand on the small of my back holding me against him, the other on my chin, tipping back my head. Holy fuck, he's going to kiss me. No, Jose, stop. No, I push him. And uh, a wall of hard muscle. I cannot shift him. And I said, he got Jacob pretty fast. <laughs> he's just going to force a kiss yeah. on her. Yeah. She tells him not to kiss her and that she's going to throw up. Christian shows up and says, I think the lady said no. She throws up. Christian holds her hair. Uh, so he brings her inside the bar to make her guzzle water and dance. And I said, wouldn't have all that just made her throw up again? Has the author ever gotten drunk before? Like, you don't do the drink water, sure, but not no, start dancing. Well, she pu puke and rally. Jesus, she puked. She's 22 years old. She can puke and then go dance. Yeah, but he... So like she's fucking 40 like we are. Where we get over <laughs> for three days. Chapter five, she wakes up in Christian Grey's oh, suite. Oh, oh, oh. oh, we're not done with chapter four. Why? What's up with chapter four? Well, because the quote that I got out of that chapter was, never trust a man who can dance. <laughs> anyway, now we can be done with chapter four. Okay, thanks. I can see why you... Wanted to make sure to get that in there. Yeah. She wakes up at his uh, suite at the hotel, apparently. So it he admits that he undressed her to get her into her pajamas. Uh, he says that the technology to track her phone is all over the internet, which is not the way that works. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, apparently I, it is, because he tracked her easily. So I was going to say, like, if I want to track you right now and find out where you are, I can't just get on the internet and hit a button somewhere and like, oh, there's Ben. It doesn't work I'm at that home. Way. You know goddamn well where I am because that's the only place I go. Home in the office. I don't do anything else. You know that. <laughs> she starts to doubt that uh, he even likes her because he doesn't have sex with her unconscious body in bed at night because he says he didn't <laughs> sleep with her. And she's like, I don't even think yeah. he likes me. Like, there's more quotes around that. She almost masturbates in the shower because she sees his body wash <laughs> in there. When she comes out, 
He's sitting at an absurdly long dining room table, and I said more stereotypes of CEOs. The scene out of Citizen Kane, where they like have to shout from across the room. Uh, he says, your hair is very damp, he scolds. And I wrote, apparently only men can have wet hair in this universe. Yeah, no. did you skip the part where she used this toothbrush? Uh, I did. It didn't feel okay. that important, but is it important to you? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of weird. Why is she... Why did she... She had some weird... There was like some power move on her part almost. Like, yeah, I'm going to use this toothbrush. I know. It's... Th- this book moves so lightning fast into obsession. I still can't get comfortable with the idea. I don't understand where the obsession's coming from. I get that he's good looking, but now she's doing shit like yeah. masturbating to his body wash and like, I want to get closer to him by brushing my teeth with his toothbrush and or a power Glancing move. guiltily over my shoulder at the door. I feel the bristles on the toothbrush. They are damn. He must have <laughs> used it already. Grabbing it quickly, I squirt toothpaste on it and brush my teeth in double time. I feel so naughty. It's such a thrill. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense because we've got no character developments. I don't know what the hell's going on in her head. Uh, she gets pouty about something at some point. Oh, he has his elbows on the table again. Uh, he's doing the thing. See, where Wyatt, that's, that's the notes that you should be reading. She gets pouty at some point for some reason. Just move on. I don't need all the, the minutiae that we're going over here. Well, I'm loving that he's doing the steepled fingers thing again. It keeps coming up all the time through the book. He's constantly steepling his fingers like a powerful CEO would do. And I'm like, you only know about, like, have you ever been in an office? People don't do this kind of thing. Yeah, I've been in the office every fucking day for the last three months for some reason, even though there's a goddamn pandemic. Why don't you, you know what I was thinking? Do you think the actor, well, like when this movie was made, the the man that plays Christian, did, do you think they put like finger extensions on him? For the movie, <laughs> just, <laughs> like prosthetics. Prosthetic <laughs> yeah. uh, so he says he wants to bite her pouty lip, uh, but he won't until she signs a contract. And so then they go down to this oh, elevator. Oh yeah, yeah, to send her home. And then he, as they're in the elevator, he goes, "Oh fuck the paperwork!" And power kisses her. Uh, when the elevator stops and the doors open, a bunch of businessmen look at him and they they smirk as they climb into the thing and it's like totally like a frat boy sort of rapey vibe thing so that was chapter five you got anything you want to say about that no i already said what i needed to say about chapter five it was all about the toothbrush for me i guess uh he drives her home and plays kings of leon and i said oh this is like a music <laughs> reference like twilight where they have like yeah just shoehorned in music reference like totally yeah. i love it it's kings of leon like the lamest band ever <laughs> so uh, he gets a call about the NDA uh, for Anna has been emailed. Uh, she pouts. So this is a woman that just got kissed. He says before that that he wants to bite her lip, but she's got to sign a document or whatever. And so he's clearly interested in her, but now she's pouting because she doesn't think that he's going to kiss her again while they're in the car and stuff. So she's like worse than Bella when it comes to being infantilized. Like, he just kissed her. She's like, well, I want him to do it again. He's never going to do it. I don't think he likes me. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, she even says, why won't he kiss me again? I pout at the thought. I don't understand. Honestly, his surname should be cryptic, not gray. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was maybe the worst line from the book so far. It's it so horrible. Like, oh. I know. Uh, they make plans to see each other again that night. Uh, so she's all excited about it and acting like... Bella, basically. They go to his uh, work when he comes to pick her up to his office that he has to ride a helicopter to Seattle that's on the top of the building. He tells her to sit and don't touch anything like a crabby dad. 
on a road trip when he puts her into the helicopter. Uh, he seatbelts her and he says, I like this harness because he's a cartoon and everything is just an opportunity to talk dirty about bondage. Yeah. Every time she's impressed uh, with something, he always says, breathe Anastasia, which is such a like, like too pleased with yourself kind of thing to say. Like I said, Hey Ben, check out my new cell phone. And you go, Oh, and I go breathe Ben. (laughs) It's just such a shitty thing to do. Oh, yeah, there's another line where he, uh, she goes, how do you know you're going the right way? Because it's so dark and Seattle's so far away, a little in the distance. And he takes one of his long index finger and points at one of the gauges. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I'm so sick of hearing about his hands. I uh, said, so there's so much to unpack about this. But anyways, uh, at his office, he gives her a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, so she asks, are you going to make love to me? And he goes, no. <laughs> He goes, this is, my this, is, this is the line I thought I was reading earlier, but it wasn't. So this is the one. Yeah. No, Anastasia, uh, I don't. First, I don't make love. I fuck hard. Second, there's a lot more paperwork to do. And third, <laughs> you don't yet know what you're in for. <laughs> I fuck hard. <laughs> I don't make love. I fuck hard. He's like, look, I smash clits, okay? I don't make love. <laughs> Uh, he wants to show her the playroom. She thinks he's talking about the Xbox. Uh, and he's like, no, we're not going to play the <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> All right, Andy, about chapter six? No, I, I figured you were going to get that quote. And yeah, that was, that was it. Chapter seven. I said this beginning, the first couple paragraphs of chapter seven, you need to read out loud. And I'm not going to talk about it yet. Okay. It's, it's the, the description of the playroom. And it's so good. (laughs) But I will read off the rules that are in the contract that she has to fill out and sign. Uh, The rules. One, obedience. The submissive will obey any instructions given by the dominant immediately without hesitation or reservation in the expedient manner. The submissive will agree only to any sexual activity deemed fit and pleasurable to the dominant, excepting these activities which are outlined in hard limits. Appendix two. Uh, She will do so eagerly without hesitation. Sleep. (laughs) <laughs> the submissive will ensure she achieves a minimum of seven hours of sleep a night when she is not with the dominant. Food, the submissive will eat regularly to maintain her health and well-being from a prescribed list of foods. Appendix 4, the submissive will not snack between meals, with the exception of fruit. Clothes, basically he gets to pick out all her clothes and she's got to wear them. Exercise, uh, she gets a personal trainer uh, four times a week in hour-long sessions. Uh, to be a mutually agreed personal trainer and the submissive. The personal trainer will report to the dominant on the submissive's progress. Uh, personal hygiene and beauty. She will keep herself clean, shaved, and or waxed at all times. The submissive will visit a beauty salon of the dominant's choosing at times to be decided by the dominant and undergo whatever treatments the dominant sees fit. Personal safety. Uh, do not drink to excess, smoke, or take recreational drugs. Personal qualities. The submissive will not enter into any sexual relations with anyone. Uh, she'll be accountable for any misdeeds, wrongdoings, and misbehavior committed uh, when not in the presence of the dominant. Uh, failure to comply with any of the above will result in immediate punishment, the nature of which shall be determined by the dominant. Then there's a part on hard limits. Uh, acts involving No acts involving fire play, no acts involving urination or defecation and the products thereof, no acts involving needles, knives, piercing, or blood, no acts involving gynecological medical instruments, no acts involving children or animals, which creeped the hell out of me. No acts involving any... Because what does that mean? I don't even want to know. Uh, Smooth, man. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no acts that will leave any permanent marks on the skin. 
Uh, so that's just this big, long thing of all these rules. Uh, so she says, for the first time in what seems to be ages, I blush. Which isn't true, because she's blushing on every paragraph for some reason. Uh, then she goes, I'm a virgin. So that was chapter seven. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? And I'm not going to talk about the smooth man. That's an inside joke that no one's going to know about. Good. Chapter eight. Uh, right away. The quote being, and a, a nice young man hasn't swept you off your feet. I just don't understand. You're 21, nearly 22. Why was that written there? I don't know. You're beautiful. He runs his hand through his hair again. Beautiful. I flush with pleasure. Christian Grey thinks I'm beautiful. And I was thinking, oh, she probably has a condition like Memento, the movie, or it's like a disease where she can't remember anything from 10 minutes ago. So she's always like, whoa, who's this hot guy? Whoa, he thinks I'm beautiful. Because <laughs> he's already established that he likes her. Why? She's got the, uh, so he decided that he can't uh, whip a virgin. So he's going to make love to her first to get that out of the way. I uh, thought he didn't make love. I thought he fucked and, and fucked hard. Yeah. <laughs> but nope. Apparently he can uh, clearly fake it and it doesn't bother her. He's like making love to her in a loving, kind way as if they have history and he actually cares about her. But it doesn't bother her that as he's doing this, he's clearly faking every moment of it. Uh, but I wrote sex scene. So I got a couple of my favorite quotes. My nipples bear the delicious brunt. Of his deft fingers and lips. I got the fingers. You're so deliciously wet. God, I want you. Uh, another one. His long fingers reach round to gently massage my clitoris, circling slowly with his long tentacle fingers. And my most favorite. You, period, are, period, so, period, sweet. He murmurs between each thrust. I, period, want, period, you, period, so, period, much. What does that sound like? You are so sweet. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I uh, I liked when he said, you're very beautiful, Anastasia Steele. I can't wait to be inside you. <laughs> Holy shit. His words. He's so seductive. It takes my breath away. Like, yeah, that's so seductive. Uh, so she wakes up and walks out to see him uh, brooding and playing the piano and looking real sad and being dramatic. And that's the end of that chapter. Thank God. Yeah, pretty exciting. So let's uh, let's move on to the roundup. Ben. Yeah. What did you think of the book so far? It's not good, but it's less painful to read for me than Twilight was. So it's got that going for it. Yeah. For me, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, I was just saying, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I'm going to be very sick of this book uh, when I'm done with it. Cause we're only a quarter of the way through it, but so far it's it could be worse. But it's, it's not good by any stretch. Yeah, it's kind of like if a kid uh, tried to write Twilight. You're like, oh, cute. Look, they're doing sort of the same things. Oh, that's adorable. That's kind of what I'm getting with this. I'm sure I'm going to get annoyed later, but at least at least she employs more words than just grin. You've got blush. You've got frown. You know, you've got a bunch of other things. So there's there's more things to kind of keep you entertained instead of just being hammered with repetitive stuff forever and ever. So Yeah, and there's more stuff happening, at least, too. Like, she's keeping the story moving. 
Yeah. Just, there's, there's a lot of things that compare favorably to Twilight. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another thing being, we're eight chapters in, and if this was Stephanie Meyer, we would have had multiple scenarios of Bella rejecting normal boys and constantly choosing Edward to make sure that we get the message that normal people aren't good enough and it's always going to be Edward. So we'd have it like happen four or five times throughout those eight chapters where you're just sick yeah. of it. Like, I don't want to read about that again. If I have to, I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, here, it only happened once. It's mentioned once or whatever. We got the point and she's moved on. So I have to give her credit for that. It's still yeah. annoying writing, but at least it's not as repetitive yeah. trying to make the point. So, Yeah, it's moving along a little bit better than Twilight did. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, so anyways, uh, Christian Gray, no personality whatsoever. Uh, Anna. Well, he's very, he's mysterious. He's mysterious. Actually, we know, well, then Anna, she's the protagonist. We should probably know the most about her, and we don't really. We only know barely more about her than Christian Gray. So, like, by one or two facts more. Uh, Kate is almost non-existent. Jose is the only one we've actually learned a little bit more about. <laughs> so, and he's kind of a caricature, though. He's absolutely a caricature and uh, kind of a villain, I think, at this point. So, yeah, it's uh, he didn't he didn't get Anna to sign a contract before he tried to kiss her. So that was his mistake. I know. Like, now I got to start putting that out there. Like, if anyone ever shows interest in me, I'd be like, uh, we're going to have to talk to my lawyer real quick. <laughs> like, do you mind if I get him on the phone? Because uh, that's what women love. They love it. They love the song and dance. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, was the sex hot enough for you, Ben? I want more of it. You do, don't you? Yeah. You know, weirdly, the uh, the sex was the le- like the sex writing was probably the least annoying part of this book for me. It actually didn't bother me as much. I didn't get wet, but I was sort of like, eh, you know, this is fine. Um, like it wasn't like Double Dirty Mountain Man, where it's just like hilariously written <laughs> sex scenes, and it wasn't yeah. like laborious like that uh, belonged to me one, where all the sex scenes were super just like, oh my god, I'm getting so tired of this. <laughs> like this is actually, I guess, okay yeah. written sex scenes. It's just the rest of the story around it is confusing and frustrating. So, yeah, there was one thing that was happening that I thought was funny. Is I think it was like chapter three. Every time she talked to Christian, they kept going to a new location. So, like, she'd say, like, you know, how long have you been an orphan? Like, have you ever met your family? Because goes, let's go to the next room. Then they get up and they move to a different location to answer the question. And then she'd say something else. She's like, let's go to the dining area. And then they, like, move over there. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like, why, they, why can't they just sit in one spot and have a conversation? He's constantly making her move to different locations. Like, so can I get you to read the intro yeah, yeah, chapter seven, the first couple paragraphs. You can read as far as you want, but the whole couple pages describing the room is gold, but you can read as far in as you want. You don't have to read the whole thing. The first thing I notice is the smell. Leather, wood, polished with a faint citrus scent. It's very pleasant, and the lighting is soft, subtle. In fact, I can't see the source, but it's around the corners in the room, emitting an ambient glow. The walls and ceiling are a deep, dark burgundy, giving a womb-like effect to the spacious room, and the floor is old, old, varnished wood. There is a large wooden cross like an X fastened to the wall facing the door. It's made of high-polished mahogany, and there are restraining cuffs on each corner. Above it is an expansive iron grid suspended from the ceiling, 
eight foot square at least. And from it hang all manner of ropes, chains, and glinting shackles. <laughs> By the door, two long, polished, ornately carved poles, like spindles from a banister. A what? From a banister, but longer. Oh. Hang like curtain rods across the wall. <laughs> from them swing a startling assortment of paddles, whips, riding crops, and funny-looking feathery implements. Besides the beside the door stands a substantial mahogany chest of drawers. Each drawer slim as if designed to contain specimens in a crusty old museum. I wonder briefly what the drawers actually do hold. Do I want to know? Uh, that's a good place in the to far stop. corner is an oxblood leather padded bench. And fixed to the wall beside it is a wooden polished rack that looks like a pool or billiard cue holder. But on closer inspection, it holds canes of varying lengths and widths. <laughs> Okay, There's God, a stout six-foot-long table in the opposite stop. corner, polished wood with intricately carved legs, and two matching stools underneath. Oh, God, I'm sweating right now. That's so bad. Uh, I like what I heard you say, <laughs> whips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, reading this book is going to be amazing with you reading that stuff out loud. <laughs> Good, I'm glad there's some redeeming qualities uh, on when I was reading that that part of the, the beginning of that chapter, I was just like, like all the detail about like how the cross in front of the door is like made of the deepest, richest mahogany. <laughs> it's like everything's got to be the best. I get it. Everything's the best. He's rich. I get it. It's just hilarious as hell. Well, with that, thanks, Ben. Uh, got anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, I think everything that can be said has been said. Ooh, I'm sweating. Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with chapters. I don't know. We'll think about it later. <laughs> yeah, some more chapters. <laughs> <laughs>